0: Listen to me. I need you you to do do as I tell you. I I need to get you and the boy away from here. Did you see everything you needed to see? I saw enough.
1: Are you right, are you right, said Fred, ready? I'm ready. That's good. That's good, you're ready. All right. And we're going to start in three, two, all right. Hey, everybody, good morning, or good evening, or good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to the Wades of Cinema. I am Jack. And I'm Andrew. Good. I'm glad you're here, Andrew. And also... I have a uh, another guest with me, but she's only going to be on for the first few minutes. You might want because think she of this. can't stand it any longer. She can't stand it. She can't stand it. Corey is with us in
2: the recording booth because she has strong opinions about the film we just saw, yes. King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. Yeah,
1: Corey's with us. She's going to be kind of the short film before mm-hmm. uh, the feature that is our uh, podcast, just because she. As she put it to me in the car ride on the way home, she doesn't really have that much to say. So, Corey, why don't you speak to the nice listeners here?
3: Hello, everyone. Hi, when...
1: Corey. Hi, Corey. How are you, wife? How's it going?
3: <laughs> I am well, husband. Now, when I went to see this movie, Jack told me I had to come onto the podcast if I was going to see it with you guys, and I am. I... It was. It was kind of. A,
1: it was kind of my. Uh, it was my. Selling point, because Corey was a little bit on the fence. She kind of wanted to come, and I told her, "Okay, if you come, you gotta come on with me and Andrew."
3: And as Jack knows, that
1: sounds weird.
3: <laughs> I am always a woman who attends to my wifely duties.
1: She's my, she's of
2: Jack.
3: <laughs>
2: so, Corey, what do you think of the movie?
3: Um, I think this. I think the overriding sensation that this movie provides is an overwhelming sense of boredom. The reason I do not want to sit through the whole podcast, even though I know Jack and Andrew are going to have an amazing conversation about it, is because I just can't imagine giving this movie any more of my time and attention than I already have.
2: You were bored by the performance of Charlie Hunnam (laughs) as King Arthur, the greatest of all medieval kings.
3: Basically, Jude Law, Has a little personality and everyone else is a total block of granite. What overwhelmed me about this movie was how dull and how bland it was. And I have specific, I have like plot specific nitpicks, but honestly, They're not even as important as the overwhelming sense of disengagement I felt from this movie basically from minute one. It was the type of movie where you're compelled to just stare at the ceiling of the theater and fantasize about, you know,
1: Charlie Hunnam
3: paperclips.
1: Let me ask you this. If you still had your dissertation to do, would you have started to fantasize about your like dissertation?
3: Yes. It's the type of movie that you <laughs> fantasize about doing That's work. an
1: oddly specific question. Well, no. Yeah. I remember in the past, we saw like one or two movies while Corey was working on her dissertation, and the movies were so boring, she ended up thinking about her dissertation.
3: Wow. Yeah. So I really wish this movie had had... I don't know, some personality, some oomph, some. I wish it hadn't felt completely generic and dull and lame. What this movie should have been is it should have been a parade of camp, it should have been ham bones on parade. Crazy script. Uh,
2: they, the Eva script Green. Could, yes, Eva Green. She, yeah. she would have found a <laughs> home in this place. Or Eric but Roberts, they, as I said. Yeah, this script really lets really let let me down. Oh my god! I, I didn't have high expectations, but I you know expected to find a few. I'll leave you to it, boys. Jews All right, there. so that you you've
1: heard, folks. Corey, thank you for coming in. Thanks, Corey. That's the sound right. of me clapping. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Um, the script. This was not
2: really dull.
1: Yes, and it I is. mean that
2: in terms of dialogue. Okay, the people just talking to each other in ways that are just so boring. It's
1: exposition central. This it's, movie. It's is... not even
2: exposition. It's like people having a conversation. Their words are reduced to the simplest ideas. Yes, and then they speak these, you know, with some degree of acting ability. Except for maybe one person, but huh. it's okay. gets, oh man, it gets—oh man—it gets so it gets so dull at points that I began to wonder, you know, what could oh, I no. be thinking Oh no! Oh no! Corey's
1: back! What it's could Revenge I be of Corey. during this this?
3: this it's movie. the mage, right? The mage yes, is the bad Oh my mage. god! She was so terrible. Oh
2: my god! No! Uh.
3: I told Jack. To me, she seemed like a sickly woman who wandered onto the set, (laughs) and and instead of getting the medical care she so desperately needed, they made the poor woman act. Like, she had such a flat affect.
2: Please, I need a hospital. No, finish the scene.
3: She was so flat, and she was styled to look pretty rough. The
1: actress, I should mention, uh, is named Astrid Burgess Frisbee. Really? Cool. <laughs> she's Spanish. Uh oh, the next movie she's gonna pop up in and be boring in is King Arthur 2. No, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, uh <laughs> Dead Men, Tell No, whatever that's called. In
3: fairness to her, the material was terrible, but she was all awful. And you're
2: you're absolutely right. Totally flat.
1: Totally flat. Oh my
2: god. She she has this she's low sort of
1: all right. Now you're a begone woman. A <laughs> right. sort
2: of low, raspy way of speaking, but it never varies in tone. What, No matter what line she says, or and no matter what kind of emotional spin she's trying to put on it, it sounds basically the same. I. But I think we've uh, got... But, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Jack, <laughs> but no, no, I think we do have to cover the basics of the plot here. For those...
1: Well, you know... Well, I, listen,
2: knowing... Arthurian legendary will not help you.
1: No, 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 it won't because, well, the thing is for me, now you actually, you you are much, I think you're more well versed than I am. Like, did you read the book? Isn't there like an Arthur book? There are lots of books, but these have
2: nothing to do with the movie. Okay. Let me get, let me give you the premise of being Arthur. Let let me put it this way if
1: you've seen, if you've seen Sword in the Stone or Excalibur, this is not that. Right. But no, that's why I'm, I'm prefacing that because if you think, if you've seen alien, this is not that. (laughs) Trust me. King
2: Arthur has a level of blandness all of its own.
1: Okay. Explain what this story is.
2: Okay. So King Arthur, it starts out, you know, Arthur's a kid. His father gets killed. His mother gets killed. He, gets, he drifts down the river Moses-style and is adopted by a bunch of prostitutes. He grows up in London, old London, and then it's like, yeah, I'm a tough guy, and all of a sudden there's no, this king called Vortigern who is really a douche. I forgot that name.
1: Oh, oh that, yeah, that is his name, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Jude Law plays Vortigern, and he is, you know, the villain of the story. That's basically it.
1: Yeah, like he can he, do magic, he, he, but well, not when he needs to. Well, <laughs> here's my here's the thing. I well, something I also talked about with Corey on the way back. It's just I, I know if if this is in the King Arthur legend, maybe you can't just get around it. But the sensation I had seeing this movie, I'd flashbacks not simply to Batman, I'd flashbacks to Batman v Superman. Really? Yeah. How, the, what, how so? How the dead parents bit was filmed and edited, <laughs> it was so, like, Zack snyder There's a lot of this at Zack snyder but especially Guy that... Ritchie
2: apparently is a big fan of people screaming in slow motion. Screaming
1: in slow motion and swinging something in slow motion.
2: Well, there's a lot of... S- swinging just happens in this film. No. Oh, I mean, most yes. of our weapons in this era are swing-based, but it's...
1: well here's here's my question so so in the arthurian legend though well okay i i remember that yeah arthur is 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 is, he is adopted and he doesn't have parents right he
2: he is essentially an orphan being raised by someone else okay
1: okay yeah because but just the way that this movie treats it though it it turns into that batman thing where it's like i am defined by this and i feel like in the Arthur story, it should be more than that.
2: It's, it's never really about the fact that Arthur lost his parents. In yeah. fact, you know, he has a very good upbringing in,
1: in, in other it, stories. Okay.
2: In, in, the in, in Arthur, it's basically, it's not even about the relationship to his father or his parents, which is a really weird situation, but it's never important. Yeah. It's the only thing that's important is, is that Arthur is the son of the old King. Yes. And then, uh, and then that's it. But, yeah. It's, again, it's, if you know Arthurian legend, this isn't it.
1: No. And I
2: was perfectly and I, comfortable and, and, and with I, that. And you
1: know, I could, I could, I felt like I could sense it somehow. Even though, again, I'm not, I'm not. I don't. I, I've seen Excalibur. I've seen Sword in the Stone. I, I've seen My Python. You've and the Holy seen Grail. Knights
2: of the Round Table, a movie yes! I made you yes, watch. Yes.
1: If you go back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we talked about a. Uh, a King Arthur movie from the 1950s, which starred Ava Gardner, Robert and, Taylor, and uh, who was the Mel Ferrer? Ferrer. Mer- Mel Ferrer, that's right. Um, and that was a movie which, uh, now again, that and, that, that also and dealt Q with
2: from a, James Bond.
1: Was Desmond Lewis in
2: that? Desmond Llewellyn, yeah. Llewellyn. Sorry, he was, was, he had a brief cameo in that film.
1: Okay, well, but ah, if you've know, but if that. you've seen Knights of the Round Table, this isn't no. That. It is that well. The- <laughs> I should, that's gonna I should, be well to be fair other arthur movies well sword in the stone was all i guess you could say that was an origin story uh but other arthur stories they focus on that origin you know you can't have the story without the sword and the stone and that's in this movie but but it's no, often the sword in
2: the stone is no more important than anything else in this movie and it's no more important than and in Anything else in Arthurian legend.
1: No, but like, yeah, but in other stories, it, it's it's seeing Arthur as the king doing things. Yeah. And being the king. Here, you're not getting that. It's all the origin. It's how... And, all right, here's why I will say, I could see why on paper Guy Ritchie might be interested in doing this movie. Because the first time that we see... Arthur and his buddies try to explain to I forget who the character was, some 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 sort of sergeant. Yeah, they were telling a, they were telling a story about how they got involved with what was it some viking guy? Yeah. Yeah. And the way that that was edited that brought me back to how Guy Ritchie used to make his crime movies, like the Lock Stock, Two Smoking Barrel and Snatch. Uh, those are the two main ones. He also did one called Rock and Rolla. Um, now, I know you. I don't know if you've seen many of his movies aside from Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I haven't seen many. Okay. Well, that, that felt like him trying to put his stamp on this, where it's like, it's going to be kind of cool because we're telling a story in this really fast way. And
2: you know what? When it was that way, the movie was
1: cool. Well, here's the thing. When he first does it, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But he doesn't change that. He keeps going back to that same trick.
2: I mean, but it's a good trick for everything for for every for the whole for this entire movie. Here, I, a, there are moments problem, in though. this film which are are really fun to watch. That scene with the so there,
1: there are a couple of scenes that are fun to watch. But that's, not in a legitimate way. There are scenes.
2: <laughs> I mean, that scene with the sergeant you talked about. Yeah, that's a that's a fun scene to watch. It, it is. Earlier than that, there's a montage of of Arthur growing up, which I really liked.
1: See, it's, I, it was I, a
2: very interesting way of just go, of going through his childhood without telling us what happened. I, I it saved us a lot of exposition,
1: really. The it, thing, the problem I had with that. In theory, I could see what you mean, but it just went by too fast for me. I, I th- thought it was fine. No, for me, it just there are there are a lot of montages in this movie, and that's when the movie is good. I don't know. See, I think I
2: got burned. In fact, out on I montages. kind of wish the whole movie was a montage. Really, <laughs> if someone you could wanted, like, you if someone like could S. create,
1: Eisenstein, if someone King could Arthur.
2: create the montage version of King Arthur when this comes out on DVD, I will watch that, and it'll, it'll probably be a vast improvement. Hmm. But then there's the other montage later on where he goes to the black, uh, the black lands, the dark lands, dark thing? lands. You know, <laughs> the
1: same difference. <laughs> he goes nah. there.
2: And it's this thing that doesn't really have much to do with the rest of the film. Well, isn't but,
1: it kind of part of his training or some yeah, crap? Yeah, but
2: it, it, it doesn't... It's No one's ever like, hey, uh, you remember anything from when you were in the Darklands? <laughs> well, or I don't know, what did, essentially uh, did he learn there? That he learned he, how to fight a bat. <laughs> there, see? But, uh, but still, they went through that, that... got. There was a lot of this sort of cross-cutting between, th- between events that happened in different parts of time, skipping back and forth in time with this sort of overarching narration. And that was when the movie got, got visually exciting for me.
1: I think for me, it would have been... Again, I, I want to say that it was never exciting, because when he first did it in that, again, that first story, I found that kind of cool... Uh, you know what it is? I think that he thought... Alright, what if I tried to tell the story of King Arthur, at least in some part, like it's a heist movie? And that's when it was good. Uh, I'm I'm a little mixed on it. I still because, felt, I here's still the thing... Eventually, that, that got bland,
2: too. We got these conversations that they're having in this sort of Guy Ritchie, British gangster.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm a tough British man, so listen to me talk fast way. And that's when... Uh, and perhaps it's just because everything else around it was so bland and low energy. Because when people aren't doing that sort of Guy Ritchie thing, that's when the dialogue is terrible. Mm. That's when the acting level drops. You might have. That's a... when all the emotion flows out of the bottom of the tub.
1: Yeah.
2: And then finally, when you have a scene of people talking, going you know fast cuts between everybody, that's when it's like, ah, there we go. Now we have something that's that looks interesting, that sounds fast, instead of a mage talking at the same gravelly level mm-hmm. for the whole film. I think you know the- that character, uh, the mage, did not have a name. No, yeah, in she's credits, credited as the mage uh, in the credits. She's credited as the mage.
1: Here's a question: Why don't you think can, why don't you think Merlin was in this movie? He pops up for maybe ten seconds. Did they think that... And not um, even uh, showing his face. No, it's like, why are you afraid to have... Merlin is part of the King Arthur myth. Even I know that.
2: Listen, I, I don't care about leaving characters out, because ultimately... It's what, what you
1: do with the characters that are there. I get that. Yeah, I mean, but again, I went scene. into
2: this knowing this wasn't going to be like king arthur stories we had seen or read or watched on screen before and i was like fine this is going to be something different but and i so i don't care that merlin's on it i don't care that there's no lancelot or anything i don't care that i don't care that there's no guinevere or whatever the hell what i do care about is the fact that so little was done with so many different people. Yes. People who you barely knew their names. Yeah. And people who... Do, who... Have such poor dialogue. That, you know, you just don't care.
1: Well, okay. And, that's that's why... Yeah. I, let me just... butt in there. That's why I think that... At, not at first, but after a while. Even in the montages. Which, again, my, my beef with that was... Okay, it's kind of cool that you're doing it with the style. Like, midway through the movie... There's also, they have one of those sequences where the characters explain to each other how they're going to go through the city, I think, to try to get to a ta- get, get to the tower. Is that their plan at first, or to do things? No. What was that plan midway through? Now I'm They are trying forgetting to shoot a guy movie. with an arrow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're shooting a guy with an arrow like 175 yards away or something like that. And it's just planning. And yeah. Yeah, that's no, no, The exciting. thing is, though, but what I wanted to say, though, is that The way that we're talking about how, you know, in those scenes where it's not the montages, where characters are talking and it's so dull and not carrying conviction. I feel like, though, that carried over into the montages, where I didn't really care about the characters. So after a while, it's like, why do I care about your plan?
2: Uh, I cared about the plans because I knew something was happening.
1: That, yeah, perfunctorily, yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that they're like, oh my god, they're so... It's... I will say that I could tell what was going on in those moments. That was that, and that was fine. I just wish that if I had cared more about the characters, like when I watch an Ocean's Eleven type movie, which is they have those kind of montages in that where characters will be explaining to each other, "Okay, so here's what we're gonna do here. We're gonna put this guy here, and now we're gonna move maneuver this guy, and then we're gonna go into this building. We're gonna do the the um and." Yeah, the, the characters in those movies aren't very deep, but I feel like there's more personality to them. I feel like there's more that's engaging me, even as they're telling me the story. Well, stories. it doesn't
2: hurt that they're played by George Clooney and Brad <laughs> yes. Pitt. Yes.
1: And by the way, how do you feel about Charlie Hunnam?
2: He was... Uh,
1: he was adequate. No,
2: I wouldn't say he was adequate. He was pretty He was pretty bad in this. Really? Yeah. I Except when he was doing the Guy Ritchie dialogue. Mm. Then he sort of comes alive. Yeah. Because if, and maybe this was a problem of the script. I mean, we've already established some scenes are better than others. Yes. Some scenes have more energy. Yeah. Than others. I'm not going to say when I he had all movie, that energy, but... he was okay. Mm. The rest of the time he was just as flat as everybody else around him.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's just, yeah, we're not given much to care about anything. And Jude law, as Corey said, he tries to maybe breathe a little bit of life into it but yeah. honestly uh, i am i wish it had been somebody who had been going over the top she might have mentioned i don't know if she mentioned on nah, there or not eric roberts I'm not, I'm i not, could have done i could have dealt with like nicolas cage no nah, i'm not in this movie. A,
2: i'm not a big fan of actors chewing the scenery just because they're going to go into a kamikaze death spiral i i could I, have
1: used that in this movie though that could have helped me when i was oh sure feeling, it would have been what,
2: good for a laugh but you know, yeah um, that's I, I, I'm not I'm not so uh, I'm not so keen on that. yeah
1: it but when I talk about that the after a certain point the montages didn't engage me, it was because it felt like an over reliance on them for me in, in terms of writing, that's also a flaw with the movie. Yeah, the dialogue when the characters are just sitting around talking is is pretty bland. but after even certain point like near the end, I was just like get on with it. Just, I know what's going to happen. Just get on with it. No,
2: you didn't know what was going to happen because something caught you by surprise at the end.
1: No, yeah. Yeah, I I was laughing hysterically in my seat.
2: Now's a good time to go over into spoilers because I think... Uh, can we... Sp- do you spoil yes. a movie like this? Of course. Any <laughs> movie can be spoiled. All so, right. just for those of you who are going to finish up here and mm. don't want to hear the spoilers for King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, yeah. this movie is something you can skip and feel nothing
1: about. Don't don't pay full price to see us in a movie. Don't pay Ma- matinee to see us in a movie. Don't even rent it. If you have literally zero things to do, if you have less than zero things, if maybe Negative you're looking... Negative things to do? If you're looking to procrastinate... I wouldn't even say like I guess you could maybe watch this movie on HBO or something, but even then, you know you might have better productivity cleaning your house, okay, than watching this. I don't know, like maybe tune in for a minute to see one of the bits of of planning montage that the characters do, but aside from that, no, this this is just. Uh, this is probably the biggest disappointment I've had with Guy Ritchie. Although I should mention that uh, I have not seen his remake of *Swept Away*, which I've seen video reviews of, so I've seen some clips. And after, and I talked about the original *Swept Away* on the podcast last year. I have no desire to see that movie. Okay. So yeah, uh, if you want, stop here, uh, or if you don't care, you can listen on. <laughs>
0: Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, right? it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You liar! Come on, you pansy! <laughs> Victory is mine! We thank thee, Lord, that in thy mouth. <laughs> Come on, then! What? Ham at you! Uh, you're indeed brave, tonight, but the fight is mine! Oh, had enough, eh? Look, you stupid bastard! You've got no arms left! Yes, I have! Look! It's just a flesh wound. Look, stop that! Chicken! Chicken! Look, I'll have your leg! Right! Ooh. Right, I'll do you for that! You're what? Come here! What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. The Black Knight always triumphs! How about you? Come on, then. All right. We call it a draw. Come, Patsy. Oh, oh, I see. Running away, eh? You yellow bastard! Come back here and take what's coming to you!
2: I'll bite your legs off! Okay. Alright. Um, there is an interesting idea in this film. Uh, the Dark Lands. Yeah. Those were interesting. Not because, you know, the idea was interesting. But but Arthur goes there. And he's supposed to do something. Which is ultimately unimportant. Yeah. But it's a land populated with giant animals for some reason. Giant
1: snakes. Giant bats. Giant wolves,
2: giant rats. See you know, uh, and I'm wondering, huh? That's that's kind of weird. Why would they? Why do they make that choice? Why do they decide to do that? And that montage again, exciting. It doesn't have much to do with the plot, but then they come up with this interesting concept of this sort of other mirror land with giant animals in it, and then they don't do anything with it. No, wasted. It's kind of wasted. Yeah, you know... That's it's, the one again, bit of wasted potential in this film. I, not that I expected it to play some major role, but it played
1: the tiniest role. I should say, by the way, this isn't exactly a spoiler, because this is actually... I I was trying to hold out a tiny bit of hope for this movie after the opening. And then it quickly got dashed away once characters started talking, but... And I actually... <laughs> and I actually well, I thought of you, though, because the opening action scene of this movie involves war elephants. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you usually don't see that. And these are giant war elephants. Yeah. and But then we never see them again. And I know, yeah, this is supposed to take place in the kind of early story when Arthur's a little kid. But... No, who cares? Yeah. The CGI... I have to wonder if maybe... Like, they, they go through this montage of showing the Darklands and Arthur going really too... Like, for me, again... This is just for me. It was way too quick. But I don't know if maybe they did that intentionally because maybe they thought the CGI isn't very good. Um, uh, But then this leads me to... Uh, yeah, this movie has a lot of things to do with snakes. Yes, uh, snakes
2: pop up in it very often.
1: Snakes on Arthur plane, we could call this movie.
2: And then a snake at the end comes into the castle and well, destroys everything.
1: Well, I, what the thing the is though deal this, with that scene? Oh my god. It it was like a goofy version of if anybody out there is fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the last episode of season 3, the the mayor turned into a giant snake and at least there it was kind of funny cuz he talked. Uh I almost expected the snake to start talking. Which would have made the scene even more awesome. I would almost tell you guys to check out that scene alone, and it it made me laugh because preceding that scene, the all right, so the mage is trying to get Arthur, you know, one last big push to get him, you know, you now need to go into like I'm King mode type of thing, you know, because he's been really hesitant throughout the movie. I don't know if I can. Way be King. too hesitant. Because oh God!
2: Here's the, here's the oh th- my God! Oh Arthur. So boring throughout. So boring throughout the film. Arthur is continually resisting efforts to fight against King Vortigern, and it's like, okay, this guy is has oppressive police who regularly who regularly mess with you. He kidnapped you and made you draw a sword out of a stone.
1: But he killed.
2: Uh one of your prostitutes. He tried to kill you. He killed your father, we find out. And then, after they go through a plan that doesn't work, he still somehow has doubt about doing this, even though they've also
1: killed a friend of his. And the thing, and is, then... and, and the thing is, character-wise, he... Alright, so talking about the like the kind of bad writing of this movie, not just dull, but bad writing, he, you know, Arthur... He goes through this whole life growing up in this uh, brothel. We learn he becomes really tough. There was one moment I also laughed where a couple of times they just cut to him randomly, th- throwing his fists in the air, going, Ah, that we're was like, What the fuck was that? But the idea, though, especially in those in that first montage where we're introduced to him, you know, and he's with his friends and telling the story of that sergeant about. Messing with the Viking and how that whole thing got out and it start you might see it in the trailer because he says I woke up And then he seems to be filled with confidence Yeah in that and he seems already to be like a really confident guy so what uh, it character wise he's just languishing yeah. Through the whole movie, until he gets to the end.
2: Yeah, and so many people have died close to him, and it's all due to the actions of the villain. And then finally, then the fi- Lady yeah. of the Lake has to say, Look, dumbass. <laughs> this is what's going yes. to happen if you don't do what you're supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, he will
1: lay waste She to everything.
2: literally shows him a vision of the terrible future where Vortigern wins. And finally finally he gets serious about this whole matter. Yeah. And it's just yeah, and you're absolutely right. He begins that film very confident.
1: There's no growth. And then well, There's no
2: growth. What is he supposed to grow into? I mean, yeah, he is he supposed to is there supposed to be some sort of fall? We don't see that because mm-hmm. in the middle of the film he seems confident. Yeah. And it's just he doesn't develop but but he swings between street smart confidence and between fear of something that's ill defined,
1: he was a better, like Arthur was a more defined character with an arc in the Disney Sword and the Stone than in this movie. Yeah, and that didn't even have much of an arc, but anyway. So, the point is though, so this, and that's this, that, this yeah, mage, that film suffers th- from focus problems as well. <laughs> it suffers from a couple things, but I won't get into that right now. So, the the mage. Has a puts a snake on him and it bites his neck. Yeah, this is getting back gives to him our, uh, our giant snake. Problem. And so it this is what kind of leads him to finally go and confront Jude Law. And then it's like a snake. I guess he, is he working in conjunction with the mage? How does that work? Yeah. It's, that was also, really, that was confusing I mean,
2: because we know that you know people draw upon these giant animals to use because we've seen that in the beginning of the film, but then it's no we don't see anyone do it again yeah and then all of a sudden it just returns where Arthur is standing right in front of Vortigern and all of a sudden a giant snake bursts into the castle
1: without <laughs> warning oh the
2: oh without snake. build up yes and it's like it's amazing that's the part of
1: the movie that i would jack bursts out laughing
2: i did i i (laughs) begin to realize how ridiculous this is yes and i just kind of chuckle because i'm just as baffled by it
1: as as jack is see if the movie had had more moments of that and i'm not saying yeah i I said earlier about if nicholas cage had been vortigern or something like okay I, i could let that go but if it had more moments like that, at least you could have had, like, a really, kind of a fun, bad sci-fi channel movie. Instead of, like, the kind of forgettable, dull, meh, that this movie is.
2: Well, neither, neither, ultra, neither, uh, neither options are, are appealing to me very No, much.
1: but at least, though, like, I could see that this, that this movie could be fun... Hanging out with you and a couple of friends. If
2: I was able to talk to I on would have had a much better time. Yeah,
1: I think that you would have had a much better time. There were a couple of times where I think we just looked at each other, too. Like, we kind of just glanced yeah. at each other like, really? I think there was another mo- <laughs> Mostly
2: <laughs> when people yelled in slow motion. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, there was one moment that I remember never, we did that.
2: That will never not be a thing anymore. 300 started us off that way. People yelling in slow motion is going to be with us for the rest of our lives. And the
1: funny thing is, Guy Ritchie, I know, can do slow motion in interesting ways. Yeah, Does he it did co- it in Sherlock Holmes, yeah, which is not Sh- a, which Sh- is not one of his best movies,
2: but still, he made really great use of slow motion in that.
1: It was actually part of the character, like that. That makes yeah. sense, like because Sherlock Holmes is explaining how he he figures things out in a boxing match, and by having the slow motion, you can. Actually, be there you can, in his headspace. You can follow his thought process. Whereas here, the slow motion is just crap. It's just the kind of slow motion it's garbage mo- that has been shoveled on us for years. It's it's it
2: it's at its mo- it's at its most prominent when uh, when Arthur grabs his sword with both hands and goes Super Saiyan and just <laughs> mows down about twenty people at a clip. Yeah, and you know. What are we supposed to do with that? I'm not excited by it. I'm not like
1: I'm not oh, invested you, you, in the
2: action. Yeah, you have God mode. That makes things much less interesting than they were when we began.
1: Especially in that climax where, I mean, I mean the final climax where he's finally, as if in a video fighting game, Vortigern. battling. Yeah,
2: fighting. He's fighting. Fi- he's fighting the final
1: boss. Well, not just that. He's well. That we should explain that uh, the way that Vortigern appears. I don't. It's there's some kind of black magic crap that he, he goes down into a cavern and there's so like some
2: it... some like sea witches or tentacles.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another thing that was confusing. Like the more I think about this movie, there are things that are just don't make sense. But so, but the point is he, he, he's the one that kills Arthur's parents Yeah, and he, but he kills them in what I call ghost rider mode. He has like a giant <laughs> skull that's why I he's think I saw on Nicolas fire Cage. and smoking. Yeah. That's why th- yeah, and that's how he appears at the end to uh to Charlie Hunnam and uh you even have that moment where I just this is where I felt like the just insulted where he, even then Charlie Hunnam is still not you know yeah. doing the thing. It's like that cliché garbage. He still
2: He still can't even change up emotions for the final confrontation when he's winning. Yeah.
1: It, he, has, was, he has to go into another vision of his past and suddenly imagine that the sword doesn't fall into Eric Bana and poor it, Eric Bana. Oh God!
2: Oh, I like I like Eric Bana. I do too. I mean, it's just man. What is he? What is he gonna get for
1: the rest of his career? <laughs> God, yeah, it's, man, you're in the better Hulk movie. I'm just going to say that right now. But, uh, no. All right, no, I, I'm going to stand by that. <laughs> we better but, stop but this But the point right is, now. is that that whole sequence is just, we've seen this so many
2: times where This is the most is, generic version of that scene.
1: Yeah, where the character is Where the being character beat triumphantly
2: up. explains himself after getting beat up, left for dead. And the dialogue barely raises above, like, first draft level.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty poor dialogue. That's why I also felt a little bad for Jude Law, because we know he can act. You I know, don't he... feel bad for Jude Law. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what the hell yeah. do I have to feel bad for Jude, Jude Law for? He's a fine actor. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He was in Road to Perdition. He could, he can do whatever the hell he wants.
1: Yeah, that's actually, now that you say that... Yeah, he signed on for this crap just because Guy Ritchie, and him worked on Sherlock Holmes. He should have known better, probably. Uh, but uh, yeah, this. Is... I, but then again, again, man's got man's gotta make a living. The thing that I should emphasize about this movie, um, and again, we're, we're we're trying to point out some things that are not terrible. We're pointing things out that are terrible. I think that this is just going to be forgettable. Like yeah, all the, that this is the first King Arthur. Now I haven't seen the two thousand four one. Um, I haven't either but I've been meaning to yeah, not because I'm,
2: I think it's going to be good I'm but because I feel like it. I want to see how they, they they took a much different take on that film than they've done with other King Arthur films so I want to yeah. see how they how that went
1: yeah I generally like Antoine Fuqua movies too so I'm curious to see what, what he but does but he, with he did the Magnificent Seven though right yeah also Training Day and Straight Out Compton and a lot of other movies right and, and you know Magnificent Seven was a little forgettable too yeah it was better than this, for example. But this is the first, I will give you that. Yeah, but for example, we talked. We mentioned the '50s King Arthur movie. Okay, and when I watched that movie, my again my my reaction to it, I didn't love it. Like, it, I don't think it was as strong as Excalibur, but it worked in the context of when it was made. Yeah, it it it, it, has it some memorable touches to it, it, and, it and it it co- looks handsome. It certainly
2: commits to its premise, and the actors seem to be well within the bounds of their of, of their roles yeah, if they're, you, they're well within yeah, their comfort zone yeah
1: if you if you can accept it on the terms when it was made and then it's fine like that i think is is, is has held up better than this is ever going to hold up it's it,
2: <laughs> knights of the round table holds up better now than king arthur holds up that
1: in the minutes after King, we saw it. Yes.
2: King Arthur has, sl- has steadily gone downhill ever since we watched it just about an hour ago.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. When, when I saw... I don't know if this was in the trailer that we... Because uh, we talked also about this trailer uh, when uh, Comic-Con happened last year. This is one of the trailers that we riffed. And, yeah. um I at the time, I think we just were aghast at the fact that they tried to put in... The trailer like what was it he's king arthur in the streets raised on on the streets yeah we we were both like what now to be fair there are streets in this movie yeah (laughs) and
2: the street parts of this film were the most interesting parts
1: yeah interesting so you know if it had been
2: king arthur from the streets
1: it would have been a better film if this had been closer to like a john peters version uh where he once told Kevin Smith that he gets Superman, and the reason is because we're both from the streets. <laughs> I just love that story so much. But um, the point I'm making is that um, that yeah, this movie's forgettable, and it that what that's movie the, is forgettable? This one, King Arthur, not not the whatever the Superman was. Sorry, I forgot it. No, that. <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought here. Talking, about I think this. we've said
2: enough. Yeah, um. That's what, the, that's what the screenwriter should have said. No, no, no no, oh, said no,
1: no. It. I remember what I was going to say now. Um, the second trailer I saw for this, this was more recent. I don't know if you'd seen this one. I don't think the first one used this song. Whoever cut the trailer put Led Zeppelin's Baby, I'm Gonna Leave You hmm. in it. And it, it made it kind of exciting. And even though that song is a little bit overplayed, uh, if this movie had fully gone, maybe in that direction. If this had just been like Suicide Squad meets King Arthur, at least it would have been a train wreck in an interesting way.
2: There, there are lots of ways you could have taken this that would have been much more interesting. But you know that the, the, they're gone now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be. What cur- can we do?
1: Yeah. So as we as we mentioned as I mentioned I, earlier, I, I wouldn't I'm recommend gonna say, this movie. I'm going to say one more thing.
2: Oh please. I like the music in this. I don't think it's great movie music. I think if I bought mm. the soundtrack and was like, huh, this sounds good. I would listen to it when I was, you know, working or whatever.
1: On her way home, Corey had one nice thing to say, which is that she liked the song yeah, that came near the end of the film that was leading up to the climax. And I agree objectively, that song is kind of cool, but that was also paired with a montage, and by that point, I was just... This the, the, movie is over two hours long the, and it feels it.
2: Yeah, the, the music is objectively good. I don't think they, I don't think it
1: fits very well with the film. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, so,
2: so, backhanded compliment? Yes,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I, I am
2: finished. I think I've said everything I need to say.
1: I'm finished, as Daniel Plain would say. Uh, if you've seen this movie and have any thoughts, you can send them to us to wage this It's
2: hard to believe that this movie would provoke thought. But <laughs> if you have any thoughts about the film that you'd like to share... If you have
1: any brain please, farts, uh, shoot them our way.
2: That's, please, that, that's a thought. Yes. In a version. Uh, please send them to us via the usual channels.
1: Yes, which are Facebook and Twitter and even Tumblr. Um, we, uh, we actually got some feedback recently from a listener uh uh pedro uh I, I don't have your last name in front of me i'm sorry pedro
2: you're... you know who you are we know who you are yes you, you this left is us just very... between you and us
1: you left us very nice comments on facebook and uh we thank you for that he's our uh, chilean fan all right yeah thanks you and chile are within our hearts you're you rock chile chile you're you're chill. We we keep chill in Chile. Good enough. All right, that's right. Um, and uh, when we come back next time, we are also we are going to return to another franchise. Maybe I'm not sure. Hmm, we'll have to see then. We'll we we'll, we'll tease it like that. Uh, this summer has a number of movies that we're gonna be reviewing for you guys. Uh, just to give you a little preview. Uh, we plan on checking out uh, Wonder Woman. And, uh, uh, there's a new Edgar Wright movie called Baby Driver, which I'm very excited about and, uh, the mummy because we need to have more mummy movies out there. Um, we're going to milk this mummy for all it's worth. Exactly. So this summer, uh, keep it tuned in to Wages of Cinema where we'll try to see some new movies and let you know whether they're good or not. That's basically what we do.
2: (laughs) All right. So on behalf of the Wages of Cinema, I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And the Wages
1: of Cinema is death. Good night. Try not to get attacked by a mage don't worry
0: you'll soon understand what all the fuss is about are you scared
2: i think i can manage
0: you should be scared whatever it takes to hunt him down if i go down you follow him if he goes down you follow me you want him to think big give him something big to think about